This is Author Talk, presented by Author House, the leading provider of services to help authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Author Talk is a show about new books and the authors who wrote them. It's an opportunity for prospective readers to hear directly from the writers, to hear what inspired them to write and publish, and to hear all the inside details about their books. Here is Author Talk with host Steve Jorgensen. The title of the book, Jack and the Powerful Seven, The Secret Strength from Within. And the author is Trina C. Breyer, and Trina joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Trina. Hi, how are you? Well, it's good to have you with us. A very fascinating fiction, great for kids, great for adults. Let me read what you have written about your book. You say this, finally, a book that is filled with fantasy, adventure, unique characters, and an amazing storyline, history, and the power of forgiveness, and the belief that anything is possible if we just believe. I introduce you to Jack and the Powerful Seven, The Secret Strength from Within. Why did you write this, Trina? What prompted you a big job to publish a book. Yes. What prompted me to write this book was a few years ago, I've been hearing stories about people reading stories that they really couldn't connect with. You know, they say it was it was filled with this, but wasn't filled with enough adventure. It wasn't filled with enough uh, real-life uh, stories to, to teach their children. And from there, I challenged myself to create something that was so great that I would be able to share it with the world. And that's where it took me three years to to come up with the plot, to come up with the characters, to make it so that the book would be able to affect lives in a positive way. And that's how I came to uh, um, to create the storyline. I just wanted something really great that people would be proud of, that people could relate to, all people, boys and girls, uh, men and women. Um, that's, that was my main goal. Well, you created a place called Dream Mecca, right? Yes, Dramecca, that's what it's Dramecca. called. And in that... And in Dramecca, anything is possible. Anything you even think or believe, anything is possible. It's whatever is going on um, in your mind. Whatever you can, if you can think it, you can have it in the world of Dramecca. Of course, in the word Dramecca is the word dream. You got it. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So that's what you want readers to really get from your book, that uh, if we believe anything is possible. Absolutely. No matter what it is no matter what it is, and no matter how, um, you know, if you've heard negative things or people say that you can't, just know that there's no such thing as can't, that you can, that you can do it, and that you can be whatever it is that you want to be, no matter what. Well, in this world called Dramecca, there's also a town called Ellerick, and Ellerick is just outside of Doomsburg. Why, yes. why these two strange-sounding uh, cities? <laughs> okay, well, the city of Doomsburg... There's a mystical phenomenon that occurs, uh, a mystical cloud that occurs in in Dramac, I mean, in uh, Doomsburg, and from that, that causes a lot of um, families to move out of the city and move more into the suburbs. And one of the suburbs, one of the small towns, happens to be Ellerick. And from there, three friends become three three little boys meet and become friends in that small town from moving from uh, Doomsburg. The, uh, uh, the, the world known as Dramecca, that's actually uh, a world that's created inside of the sculptures that are inside of the museum. Uh, the Great Museum is what it's called. And that's actually a world inside of the Great Museum. When you touch one of the uh, 
um, sculptures, it sucks you into the world in which it was created. And in that particular sculpture that um, some of the characters touch, it takes them to the world of Jamaica. What age would you say will enjoy this the most? What age group? 100%, 10 years, uh, 10 year olds and up. 10 year olds and, and adults, so many school teachers and librarians, and just so many have, once they started reading, reading the book, they could not stop. And that's from so many people have come back to me and, and explained that to me, and they've absolutely enjoyed it. And they, they couldn't believe, they was like, oh my, you know, they kept telling me, I never knew that you had such a, um, a creative imagination, you know, and they said, where did this come from? And I, and I continued to explain to them that it did not happen overnight, that a lot of the thoughts didn't come at once, that it was actually um, a lot of times I would get writer's block and I couldn't think and I would just relax and just, and just like I said, just, just believe and just pray that, that thoughts would come that, so that I can make the book something that I could share with the world. And so that's what I've... Um, and that's what I ended up uh, doing. So very, very, very excited when it was finally done, when it was finally published, and I had a finished product in my hand. I was just in awe, like total shock, because I knew what I went through to to get it together, to to to, to make it uh, uh, something real. Well, let's highlight some of the characters. Of I guess the hero is Jack Bean. Yes, Jack Bing, that's the father. Now, Jack Bing, he experiences something very traumatic in his childhood, something that uh, um, quite a few children may have um, experienced or, or adults may have experienced in their childhood. Um, and, and what he went through, which I can't reveal, I can't wait till you guys read it, um, but what he goes through is enough to make you go either the wrong way or the right way, to choose the wrong path or the, or the right path. Um, but it was dealing with issues of abandonment, basically, and it was he was very devastated. But through the way that I wrote, I write the storyline, I, I try to express to people that no matter what happens in your childhood, no matter what happens in your life, you have that power to change it around and not make it um, be something negative, but something positive that you can really just turn it around. Making uh, my, my my saying is making lemonade out of lemons. That's always so no matter so- what. It's always so easy to say, well, I grew up in this really tough neighborhood or I had all these problems in my family, and what do you expect of me? Yes, yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to, to tell them that, that your, your past does not have to define your future, and that's like the main goal in this book that I want people to get. Your past does not have to define your future. You can have a totally, you can have an amazing future if you let go. Uh, learn, the, learn the power of forgiveness. That's, I'm really big on the power of forgiveness because it's not easy for people to forget, forgive when they've been wronged or felt as though they've been wronged. But once you forgive, you unleash and you allow those blessings and those, those miracles to just flow into your life once you truly forgive and let it go. Well, Jack is the father of seven children. Tell us about his wife, Mercy. Oh, Mercy is an absolutely beautiful woman, and her name says it all. She has been, oh, wow. For some, some readers may get mad at Mercy and tell her, will you please stand up for yourself? But that's not Mercy's job. Mercy gives mercy to those who she feels the way she perceives things is when people wrong her or do mean things to her, she sees it as something that they're hurting for something. They're hurting, and that's why they're trying to hurt others because they're in pain about something in their life. So a lot of during the story, her children want to take up for her. Jack, her husband, wants to take up for her because she has an evil, wicked sister 
named Picadamus. And, oh, Picadamus, once you, you guys read the story, you guys are going to want to, I don't know, uh, uh, give Picadamus a good talking to. But my, my goal is to show that despite how people do you, you don't have to give that in return. You don't have to give them what they, they give you. You don't have to do that. Um, because a lot of times when people are being mean or evil or jealous or envy, it's something that's going on within them, and it's actually nothing, has nothing to do with you. So that's mercy. So mercy is an amazing mother that loves her children. She tries to teach her children her beliefs. But, like I said, by them being children, a lot of times you don't understand that forgiveness crap. And that's what a lot of the children are going to deal with. They're, they're getting tired of getting beat up on, trying to be the bigger person, trying to turn the other cheek. Now, there's another character that you'll love to hate. Betty Evely. Tell us about Betty. Betty Evely. Oh, <laughs> Betty Evely is an adopted. Uh, she was adopted by the mayor of the town of uh, Ellerick, and she gets away with murder. Her parents um, lost a child uh, years um over t- like 20 years ago. So when they adopted her, they just literally, they just want to give her the world and, and, and just love her. And in the meantime, they're actually hurting her because she's just, I mean, she has no respect for anybody. Um, her father is the mayor, so who's going to do anything to her? So she's just like the biggest bully. She's awful to the oldest child in the Bing family, which is, um, which is Mia. So <clears throat> she's very mean to her, uh, has her, 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 her gang beat up on, on Maya and Amina, and, and it's just off. She's absolutely awful, and she doesn't care about anyone's feelings. She will disrespect adults, whoever. In her, in her mind, Betty, in Betty Evely's mind, she rules the world. Now, one of the seven children is one of your favorites. Wow. You know what? I would have to say Hallie. Hallie is uh, actually definitely one of my favorites. Hallie, she's very intelligent. Um, she's such a girly girl, which I, I must admit I am as well. Um, and and she, one of her secret powers, powers is she has the power to look at something, and no matter what it is, and turn it into whatever she wants it to be. But the, here, the, the only catch is it only lasts for an hour. So whatever it is, she has to enjoy it for that hour because after that it goes, it turns back to its original form. And she's also the brains of the whole operation. Whenever the beings want to figure out how the being kids want to figure out what to do and how to rescue, uh, they go to they go to Hallie for her uh, so, that, so that she can uh, devise a plan to get a plan together uh, to get things going. So I really, really, really like Hallie. I love all of the children, but Hallie has to be probably my one of my favorites. And then there's three other characters. Uh, their names are very interesting. Uh, of course, I love Zorp, Z-O-R-P. Growing up with a name yeah. like Zorp, that's got to cause you a lot of problems. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Zorp, wow, Zorp is actually in the world of Dramaca. He's in the world that's inside of the sculpture. And Zorp, um, wow, Zorp is a good guy. He's a good, um, actually, he's a creature is actually what he is. And he's a very good creature, if you will, but uh, circumstances, circumstances have torn him away from his family and have caused him to make decisions that he wouldn't, he didn't want to have to make, but he was being forced into it, but in the end, everything surprises us on uh, the decisions he finally uh, attempts to make, but yeah, Zorp, uh, Rizadam, he's a very good, uh, very good guy. He's um, actually King Logicum and Rizadam, um were the rulers of Jamaica. Uh, Logicum ruled 
the East and Reason them ruled the West. And uh, Logicum actually wanted to uh, basically like take over all of Jamaica. And in the book, I'll explain why he wanted to take over everything. But the, the battle between the two, it, it truly will leave you speechless. The battle things between them all will absolutely leave you speechless. So you have some strange creatures and some very different characters. Absolutely. Any other strange creatures besides Zorp? Um, besides Zorp, we have the um, the Igorits. Those are the uh, the Igorits are actually in the world of of of, uh, of Doomsburg. and they actually are are creatures that uh, emerge from the uh, the infamous Green Cloud, the Igorits, and those are those those these little blood sucking negative creatures. Um, <laughs> oh, they sound delightful. Yeah, that that make good people bad. Ah, that's their job. Their job is to, if you're a good person, their job is to eat away at you until you're mean and envious and jealous, and and then its job is done, and then it goes on to the next victim. So the key is to how can you kill these egoists? How can you destroy them once and for all? And I have the answer. It's also in the book. Um, also, the broids. The broids are the last of the final set of different um, creatures that I have in there. And the, uh, no, I'm sorry, they're also broids and gorbs. I'm sorry. The broids, when you get into the storyline, you'll see how they emerge. And it's really, it's it's different, it's sad, it's it's very emotional how the broids became about. And I guess I don't want to ruin that for you, um, but they're very, very interesting creatures that have also made a life for themselves in Dramecca. Um, and then the gorbs, the gorbs used to be one creature, one set of, uh, one, one type of mammal, I'm sorry. And after being poisoned, um, they became gorbs, which are blood-sucking uh, creatures, again, that you don't want to get bit by them. You don't want to get bit by them. And if you see a green cloud hovering over your house or over a public school system, I guess you better run. You better run. <laughs> <laughs> You better you, run. You might <laughs> find yourself in Dramecca. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, And that's why I, like I said, I'm so excited because I wanted to, to give readers something that they've never heard of before. And that's why the, the characters are all unique. Um, and that's why I was so happy when you said a lot of these strange names that just make me light up over here because that's what I wanted. Some names that we haven't heard of, a storyline that we get you know, a new twist to a to maybe an old story, you know, I, I just really wanted to give the readers something. I want to take them on a mental journey is what I call it. Well, Trina, tell us how to get your book. Uh, well, my book is available on uh, authorhouse.com. It's also available at Barnes & Nobles. It's also available at Amazon.com, uh, BookBeat, uh, uh, Baker & Taylor. The, my book is all over. If you happen to like Google the name uh, Jack and the Powerful Seven, the Secret Trip from Within, or Google my name, you'll see the uh, like hundreds of places that are carrying my book, and I'm just so thankful and grateful for that. Um, a lot of people totally enjoyed my book when I went to the uh, book signing in California this year. It was a huge success there. Uh, it was also a huge success uh, when I had my very first book signing here in Michigan at the Barnes and Nobles. And I'm just so excited and just so thankful for the uh, positive feedback that I've gotten from it. Um, just, I mean, I couldn't have asked for anything more. And, um, Again, I'm also excited about the, I have another book signing coming up, uh, actually July 3rd in Chicago. 
um, from 2 to 3, and I can't wait. So I'm just so excited. Um, I love it when the children come up to me and um, just explain to me how much they love the book and ask me their questions. I just, I love, I love it when they light up, you know, uh, about the characters and wanting to know more and wanting to know when part two is going to come out. It just, it, it brings me so much joy. Part two, when is it going to come out? Part two will be out later next year, later on next year, because I've already, it won't take me three years like it took the first because a lot of the characters are already in place. And so now for part two, once you guys read part book one, the mystery is going to be how am I going to merge the two worlds? And that's all I'm going to tell you. How am I going to merge <laughs> the two worlds? Well, congratulations, very Trina. Interesting. Thank, thank you so very much. And thanks for being on Author Talk. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. That was Trina C. Breyer. She is the author of her book, Jack and the Powerful Seven, The Secret Strength from Within. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Hey, you living the dream like Nina and Cindy? Sweet jeans were you shocked by the Chuck E. Cheese calamities, diaper dilemmas, and major mom minivan mishaps? Then get ready to share it with Living the Dream Moms with Nina Fry and Cindy Schmitzer, Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. And as Nina and Cindy say, if you're thinking it, we're saying it. It's your chance to discuss, share, and learn from two moms who have been there, done that, and yes, they have the t-shirts. And they're for sale at ltdchix.com. Living the Dream Moms is all about all things moms have to deal with daily. Nina and Cindy are two ordinary frazzled moms who admit when they need help and do their best to research and discuss topics that are not always talked about. Living the Dream Moms are just two real women who are discussing the trials and tribulations and triumphs of everyday mom lives. You are not alone. It's Living the Dream Moms with Nina Fry and Cindy Schmitzer. Thursday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. What's your story? Are you living it? Well, you could be. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Her passion is helping others discover, create, and live their personal brands. Yep, you heard me. You have a brand. No different than Coke, Pepsi, or Nike. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing brand. You're not a logo. You're not a tagline. The choices you make become the path you take. This is your brand. Now, live your story. Your brand is not just what you say it is. It's also what others say it is. So what are you communicating? And how can you create an authentic brand? We'll take on these challenges with What's Your Story? Every week, Hillary will feature teens, moms, and organizations that are learning and living their story. Now, her passion is to help others discover, create, and live their personal brands. To find out more, go to inspiredbyfamily.com. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. The title of the book, Marvin Discovers Snow. And the author is Katherine Kessler. And Catherine joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Catherine. Hello, Steve. How are you today? Well, it sounds like Marvin is going to discover a lot. Uh, you have a series of children's books in mind, but this one is Marvin Discovers Snow. Why did you start with Marvin Discovering Snow? 
Well, Steve, I started with Marvin Discovers Snow because literally my puppy named Marvin discovered snow one day. (laughs) (laughs) His very first snowfall, he sat on my bed looking out the bedroom window wondering what those flakes were floating down from the sky. So Marvin is real. Marvin is a real character, yes. He is the highlight of the family right now. My husband and I have two children that are grown and out of the house, and he has uh, kind of taken over. (laughs) Like they usually do, right? Yes, they do. (laughs) So Jane in the book is Marvin's owner, and Jane is all excited, like you were, to take Marvin out and show him snow for the first time. Yes. Yeah, she goes out with Marvin and discovers what snow feels like, tastes like, um, why it's cold, what it can do, all that kind of fun stuff that a person can do with snow. What is the motivation, Catherine, to uh, write a series of children's books? What is my motivation? Um, Well, all my life I have, you know, had a lot of pets. I've raised a lot of dogs and cats, and I've always made little stories to go along with them just by what they do all that kind of stuff and I entertained my children by doing that as well as they were growing and that day that Marvin sat on my bed and watched the snow you know I sat there with him for 20 minutes and I thought up the story and I suddenly realized wow this could be something special this could be something that I can share with not just my family, but with everybody, with all the children in the world that enjoy exploring their imagination and discovering their world. And your book is also full of bright, colorful, and interactive illustrations. Yes. Yes, they are. I have a wonderful illustrator. His name is Toby Mickle. He uh, totally got on board with my idea, and he just ran with it, and he's done a wonderful job. Now, this is the beginning of a series of stories, and you like to base your stories on realistic, real-life adventures. Yes, I do. Um, Like I said, Marvin is quite the character. He loves to discover things. Um, When we go outside and play with his older brother, uh, Ibu, he just, you know, kind of lends himself to the story, lends himself more or less to my imagination, and... We just fly with it. It's his real, real discoveries. And the highlight of your book is when Marvin helps Jane build a snowman. Yes, it is. Yeah, he, um, yeah, the day that we built our snowman together, he was right in there checking out the balls that we were making and helping out and just, you know, really interested in what we were doing with the snow. And I, uh, when I was first going through the book, and you talk about snowflakes, and of course, you know, big ones, little ones, round ones, and diamonds, and the mm-hmm. pictures of the snowflakes were just beautiful. Yes. Didn't Toby do a fine job on that? Great job. Great job. <laughs> yes. It really drew me yeah. right in. Yeah, it was uh, very creative. Yes. No, he did a great job. He was right into the story with me. That's, I couldn't have got, found a better guy. <laughs> And, of course, children's stories bring parents and children together. Yes, that's, that is my goal with this series of children's books. Um, I am really, um, you know, wanting the parents and the children to connect 
on such a level that they can discover their children's world together with their child. Um, it, you know, just a few minutes spent with them today can create a lifetime of memories tomorrow. And I also wanted to take the parents back to when they were kids and discovering when they were discovering their world to remember what it was like and to maybe share a little bit of that with their child as well. What are some of the other adventures that Marvin will be going on? Well, Marvin's going to discover a beach. He's going to discover a farm. He's going to discover Christmas. Um, we've got, he's going to discover some friends. And uh, his big brother, Ibu, is going to be in a couple of the books with him. And, yeah, we've got lots. He's going to discover camping. Basically, everything that my family loves to do, Marvin's going to discover. <laughs> Well, that's just fantastic. There's always a place for another great children's story, and this one is a great story. Well, thank you. I also wanted to let, to let people know that me being a new author and everything and the journey that I've gone through, I'm willing and able to share my experience with any new up-and-coming authors. Um, I'd love to meet them, get to know them, and you know, share in their experience, help them out as, mo as much as I can. It was just an experience I wanted to be able to help others with as well. Tell us how to get your book, Catherine. Well, you cer certainly can get my book on Marvin's website. It's called MarvinDiscovers.com. And on there you can order your, uh, your personally autographed book through me. I will get your order. I will autograph it. There is a place on the website where you can specify how you want it you know, autographed, who you want it autographed to. Also, you can get it at AuthorHouse.com or Barnes & Noble, and I believe Amazon.ca. Well, thank you very much for sharing your story with us on this edition of Author Talk. Thank you very much, Steve. I've really enjoyed this experience. That was Catherine Kessler. She is the author of her book, her children's book, Marvin Discovers Snow. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. People think I've made it. I'm popular. I seem happy all the time. I have great clothes and I'm involved in everything. But I have questions, doubts, and fears just like every other teenager. That's why I'm glad for Teen Talk Radio where it's all about choices. Join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. The choices we have to make that can alter the course of our lives. Life is too much pressure if we try to go it alone. I tune in to Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell every week to get reminded that I'm not alone. Nicole O'Dell is an expert on what happens in the lives of teenagers. Join her as she deals with topics like peer pressure, purity, drugs, alcohol, and many other things that might come up along the way. She writes books and speaks to people all over the place, but she says her favorite moments are when she can pull up a chair and chat with teens about what's important to us. For more information on Nicole and her books, go to NicoleO'Dell.com. Then join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com. Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices. The American Rock and Roll Countdown with Alex Price. So where were you in the 1970s? Well, this Saturday morning, we're going to flash back to the 70s as we count down the classic hits with the American Rock and Roll Countdown. You'll hear news and information and stories about the artist and what was going on during the specific week that we highlight. So be sure to join us at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this Saturday on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown. 
on TogiNet. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House, helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. The title of the book, Dingle, the Helpful Ice Cream Cone Carrying Dog. And the author is Audrey Kinsella. And Audrey joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Audrey. Hi, Steve. Well, this is a very unique story for children, but at the same time, it has a universal message. Uh, It's done like a children's book. Here's what you say in your introduction Here's a new book about a pet dog, Dingle, who really wants to help make life a little easier for his elderly and disabled owner. He's not a trained service dog, but the message is this. Life really can be made just a little more comfortable by accepting help from young and old people, and dogs too, who simply want to assist with day-to-day tasks. So this was something you feel very passionate about because of your situation. You have MS and you've had it for a number of years and, and you've had to learn to get help from others. Well, it didn't happen overnight. I could tell you I've, I've had MS for about 25 years and I've never really had symptoms too badly until about five years ago when I realized I couldn't do things. I couldn't walk to the store or ride my bike and me, um, and who I was before I had MS was um, I did everything or I'd help everybody else, give them rides, shovel their walks, that kind of thing. And now when I was in the situation where I, I really did need help, um, I, I'd rather grit my teeth and starve. I mean, that's really how I felt than ask somebody. You know, I'd crawl to the store if I needed to do that, which now, in retrospect, I know is kind of crazy, but I used to sit with pets that I had and... They got their food delivered by mail, thankfully. But, um, you know, they'd sit with me, and you feel like they're commiserating. I've always been an animal lover. And um, I, I really do feel like pets understand more than we know. Um, and when we're sick, I think they want to help. So Dingle, um, who really is a dog, uh, a real-life dog, was born around that time, and I was helping briefly uh, to take care of him as a puppy. Uh, his owner just had... Uh, knee surgery, so I was helping Dingle, and he was helpful and adorable, you know, in real life. But then I thought, you know, there's things about him, like, what would he do if he really did want to help me? So, uh, this is, Dingle has become an engineer, learned these engineering techniques in my imagination, um, and he has developed this ice cream cone carrier, you know, to, to help uh, his owner and, and his young fa- her young family. Um, I think of the person, the, his owner, Aunt Rini, is, she's m- much older than I am, but I think she's a lot like me. You know, she's real cranky, and uh, she's always insisting that, well, she resists any accepting any help, and the idea of using work dogs, which is introduced early in the book, um, you know, she just says, no, you know, I can already do everything I need to do, and one of the young family members says, oh, yes, Aunt Rini, you really can do everything. You go shopping, you cook everything. And Aunt Rini says, it just takes a little longer. You know, like for me, I never say it'll just take a minute. It's an hour or two hours. That's how long things can take. But anyway, these are the things that Dingle is listening to, the conversation among the family. Um, when he, he seems to be asleep on the floor nearby, and he, he ponders and thinks, um, I, I wonder how I could help. And it leads to his research into leading 
those unmet needs of Aunt Rini and the family, and he creates this apparatus for a speedy delivery of ice cream cones, and that's what this story's all about. So he meets a need in, um, I think, a very appealing, imaginative way, but you've got to see it to you know, believe it. And see it we can. The illustrations are very uh, just clear and colorful and beautiful. Yeah, I, I I just scratched out a few ideas of what I'd like it to look like, but I don't pretend to be an artist. And I think the illustrator just did a fabulous job because, you know, it's animals, just as you think they would um, look at each other. And it's really fabulous. Now, who is Rex? Rex is a friend, a, a dog friend, also a Labrador of Dingo. You know how dogs meet in the park, you know, they... Then just stop, talk, you know, maybe just sniff around <laughs> yeah. and stuff. But, you know, we don't really know what goes on. There's some communication the story, going on, right? There's some communication. Yes. And um, uh, one of the times when Dingo had met him, he saw that Rex had this bright red saddlebag, and it was embossed with his name, Rex. And Dingo remembered that, so he said um, in the book, you know, the next time he see. Rex, you know, this was his time to start his research, and he asked him, like, well, you know, where to come from, what do you use it for? So Rex just says, you know, I, I came as a gift, um, I use it for a um, water bottle for my, my walker, old Jindo, and bone for me, and that's, you know, that's its use. He said, but hey, you know, there's another one, the old one, in the garage, you want to come see it? All right, that was it, you know, that they met in the garage, and, you know, that was the... the base of the ice cream cone carrier, and then Dingle figures out ways, of being an engineer, of ha- how to uh, create, um, you know, waterproof and, uh, you know, just insulated so it, it, it would keep the ice cream nice and uh, unmelted. And then there's Roddy. Tell us about Roddy. Well, he's Aunt Rini's son just so happens he comes home from spring break from college, also an engineering student. And he just looks over and he says, "He well, Dingle has gone into a little space in the garage to work on it. And he's got his plans and he's got all the duct tape and string and everything. And so Roddy takes in and he says, hey, what are you doing? And it's like they understand each other, you know. Dingle doesn't say a word, but he shows. And, um, you know, what, what the materials and everything. And... Roddy's in. He said, okay, you know, let me help. And so there, that's my favorite um, illustration of the book. You have Dingle um, with a pencil in his ear, you know, going over the uh, drafting materials and, you know, the designs. Because I, I work with engineers all the time, and they never can explain anything to you verbally. They have to show you a picture. Well, it looks like this, and they'll start scratching things out. No, it looks like that. And so there's Dingle and Roddy working for several days in the garage, or probably longer, but at least several in, in illustrations. And um, we're all waiting with bated breath to see uh, what they will concoct and does it work. You say this, uh, you know, there's there's a difference from being independent and just being stupid. <laughs> Uh, that was talking about me. Um, <laughs> that was talking about you. Uh. <laughs> well, I, I think when I was, I kind of insist, I, I, I don't want to sound like an old school mom or anything like, you should ask for help. You know, it's, it's not safe uh, to do things, but, uh, or just maybe not safe, but it would just make your life easier. But the thing that really opened my mind when I had uh, 
realized uh, I, I started having symptoms pretty badly, and the symptoms are you lose your balance quickly. And but you never know. You don't feel dizzy; you just drop. You know that, that which is kind of scary. So I, I was sitting at my desk about two or three years ago, and my symptoms really started to kick in, and my light bulb went out. And I, I didn't have a step ladder, so I got a kind of rickety old chair, and then I got a thick phone book. And I climbed up, and I still wasn't tall enough to reach it. And so I thought, oh, okay, I'll get it. And then I thought, you know, this is this is just crazy. And so I um, went next door to a neighbor's house and explained, you know, I need this light bulb change. You know, and I, you know, I was cringing and saying, oh, I'm sorry, I know you're so busy. And he was just sitting there watching TV, and he said, where's the bulb? And came over to my house and changed the bulb, and I thought, this is this is what I got to do. I've got to just stop, you know, just being this martyr and just ask somebody if I need help. You know, if I couldn't change the light bulb, I was sitting there in the dark. So, anyway, that that's the difference between ind- being independent and being stupid. I, I think that yeah. that was just a life-changing situation you know and a message throughout your book that we just need to be willing to take help when we need it no matter uh, what our situation is yeah it really doesn't have to be you know such a major deal that say excuse me can i and all my life i've been um a librarian or waitress or i mean that's just a reflex for me how can i help you you know can i help you so yeah i know how to ask to give help, but I, I don't ask to get help. So this this is something I, I, I feel, uh, when I thought about some of these older people, I do work with a lot of older people who just resist, you know, you getting them a quart of milk at the store or helping them do such and such, you know. It, it just really doesn't seem to make sense. Uh, it's, I, I know people have done it for 70 years and they still want to be independent, but, you know, it, it really... It really is helpful sometimes to to just make your life a little easier. So it's a children's book, but at the same time, the adult reading the book to their child or grandchild uh, will learn something as well. Congratulations, Audrey. Oh, thank you. Well, I was really hoping that grandparents and parents, uh, you know, wanting to instill lessons of finding ways to help uh, those in need, you know, will look at a book like that. It's not just an animal story, but... You know, that would be great if they could see the broader picture. Tell us how to get your book, Audrey. Well, you could go on my website, which is www.dingle, D-I-N-G-L-E, Enterprises, E-N-T-E-R-P-R-I-S-E-S dot com. DingleEnterprises.com. Yeah. And I'm sure, and I'm sure we can get it from any of the online retail bookstores. Yep. Yeah, it's just been out for about a week. Well, thank you. Thanks again for being on Author Talk. Well, thank you, Steve. I appreciate your having me. Maybe we can have an ice cream social someday. (laughs) Sounds like a great thing. That was Audrey Kinsella. She is the author of her book, Dingle: The Helpful Ice Cream Cone Carrying Dog.